Satan has tried to corrupt things that the Word of God clearly says are you know, non-debatable, non-negotiable things, very black and white. Satan has tried to corrupt that to make non-debatable things somewhat debatable, right? And some of the methods that he's used to do that is to corrupt the Word of God in the sense that he maybe influence a Bible and make the, maybe prove some of the non-debatable points that the King James Bible might make, right? He's also poisoned the minds of men to believe that what we believe the Word of God clearly says is an abomination to the Lord, that uh, they will believe that it is not an abomination to the Lord. It's all just a matter of choice, right? But as far as non-debatable things go, think about things such as fornication, for example. Now, you know, there, you know, if, if and hopefully the Lord will put it on my mind one day, our, our country is poisoned, poisoned with fornication, right? A blind eye has been turned to it. We are, uh, we are uh, imploding because of fornication, right? And it happened all through the Bible. This is not just uh, necessarily something that's going on in America, but, uh, you know, the Bible is very clear that fornication is a sin. That is not debatable. You cannot read through the 1611 King James Version of the Bible with a, with a clear mind and come out on the other end of that with any idea other than fornication is wrong, right? It's not debatable, right? Uh, the Bible also talks about adultery, right? Adultery is a non-debatable topic when it comes to Christian conduct. Should they, should, uh, is adultery okay for a child of God? The Bible expressly says it is not okay, right? Um, the Bible talks about, you can read in 1 Corinthians, the sixth chapter, the Bible describes uh, something as effeminate, right? Uh, and if you look up that definition in, uh, there, it's a, uh, it's a sodomite, right? right. It's, it's homosexuality. Uh, can you see how Satan has tried to take non-debatable issues in the Word of God and convince mankind that they are gray area debatable issues? Right. But the the Bible clearly says these are non-debatable issues. What about uh, drunkards? Right. Drunkards is clear. Uh, The Bible talks about first Corinthians, the sixth chapter about revilers. That is a bully. Right. You see a lot of that nowadays. You know, we didn't really put a lot of emphasis on bullying when I was a kid. You know, you always you've always had bullies. Right. You always had that one kid or this, that or the other. But the Bible's clear about that. You know, the, that uh, revilers, effeminate, fornicators, adulterers, even says, you know, coveting, coveting. These are issues that the word of God says these are wrong and the child of God should not be participating in these particular issues. Right. They're things that we need to stay away from. They are non-debatable. But now do debatable issues exist? Are there such things uh, that topics, um, circumstances that the Bible is not as crystal clear on what is right and what is wrong. Do they actually exist? Well, of course they do, right? They existed uh, in, the, in the Bible times. They existed in the times of Paul. And I want to look at a few of those for just example because they do exist. And our understanding of how to navigate through issues that are debatable will help us continue to walk as a church in peace, right? Because if we've got one person over here 
on a debatable issue that's on this side of the fence and another person in the church that's on this side of the fence, how quickly that can get out of control, right? How quickly this person can get some people behind him and quickly this person can get some people behind him. The next thing you know, uh, we don't have one church. We've got two churches, right? So this, this uh, gives way to peace if we understand how to navigate these things. Now, I'm not talking about navigating the non-debatable issues, right? I'm talking about navigating through issues that maybe are, are gray in the Word of God. Now, maybe some of these issues that I may bring up later, you may say, well, wait a minute, that's a non-debatable issue. Well, we can sit down and talk about that, okay? I'm going to give you some topics later on that I would say, generally speaking, as a whole, they are issues among God's people that seem to fall in somewhat of a gray area. Okay, I'm not saying what my stance is on them. I'm just telling you these are issues. But let's look first. It's something that I'm talking about here in the word of God. You can read about this in Romans, the 14th chapter. You can read about it in first Corinthians, the eighth chapter. The 6th chapter, the 10th chapter, it's clearly an issue during this time period. And the issue at the time was, should we, should a Christian eat food that has been sacrificed to an idol? Okay, so for example, let's say there's an idol over here. There's a false god. And somebody takes maybe, uh, you know, some sort of, let's say they take a, a cow or a pig to this altar to this idol and they sacrifice it and then they clean it and then they cook it and then they distribute it the question is arising time and time again should a child of god eat that or not right now you've got people that are saying well no you got people that are saying yes you've got an issue here that in the bible it falls under one of those debatable issues, right? Should a child of God eat something that has been sacrificed to a God who is not even a God, right? And so I want to look at that for just a second. Paul's view of it is this. In Romans, the 14th chapter, this is Paul's view of eating food that has been sacrificed to idols. He says, I know and am persuaded by the Lord Jesus that there is nothing unclean of itself. But to him that esteemeth anything to be unclean, to him it is unclean. You see what Paul's saying? Paul says, I'm persuaded. I know and I am fully persuaded by the Lord Jesus Christ that there is nothing unclean of itself. And Paul's saying, if, you, uh, if you're sitting down somewhere and somebody brings you a pork chop, from a pig that's been sacrificed to an idol, Paul says, I'm persuaded that that's not unclean. That's what Paul's saying. But flip over here for just a second to another man's view of that in 1 Corinthians, the 10th chapter. 1 Corinthians, the 10th chapter, in verse 27, that situation is played out And Paul writes to the church at Corinth and he says, if any of them that believe not bid you, any of them that believe not, these are guys that's going to be sacrificing to idols. Do you understand? If any of them that believe not bid you to a feast and ye be disposed to go, whatsoever is set before you, eat, asking no question for conscience sake. 
Which that back, does that not back up what he said in Romans? That I'm fully persuaded that there's nothing unclean of itself. But then he says in the next verse, but if any man say unto you, this is offered and sacrificed unto idols, eat not for his sake. All right, so get the picture. Paul sits down at a feast. A non-believer, a non-Christian invites him to a feast and, and maybe Paul has a mind to go to it. This is hypothetical, clearly. They bring him a big old pork chop from a pig that's been sacrificed to idols. Paul says, eat it. But if somebody walks by to you, walks by and, Paul, and says to Paul, hey, Paul, do you know where that pork chop came from? That pork chop came from a pig that was sacrificed to an idol. And it grieves this man in the spirit to see that pork chop laying on Paul's plate and it grieves Paul, them to see Paul picking it up and eating it. It bothers this man. It unsettles him. You know what Paul says? Don't eat it. Alright? Are you with me? Yeah. Now, so that's Paul's view. I'm persuaded. Nothing's unclean in and of itself. Another man doesn't have that feeling about this particular issue. Now listen. We're not saying that Paul said, hey, I've got no problem fornicating because that's a non-debatable issue. Right. All right, that's not what he's saying. Right. Don't be an extremist and take this so far that you end up in a ditch. Right. This is a gray area. This is a debatable issue. And Paul says, I'm going to eat it unless, unless it troubles the spirit of my brother or sister. Right. That I'm going to stay away from it, Right. How do, you, how do we navigate these issues? Because, listen, food being sacrificed to idols has never been an issue in my life. I don't even know somebody that has done that. I don't know somebody that knows somebody that's done that, right? You go out to a restaurant, they lay a steak on your plate. That's not been sacrificed to idols. That's been raised and butchered for us to eat. So it's really a non-issue for us. This specific issue... But the principle of it is timeless. Right. Are you with me? Now, how does Paul navigate this? He says twice. It's important to me to understand that he said this thing twice. And this is the whole thing. This is what I want this to revolve around today. He says in 1 Corinthians, the 6th chapter and the 12th verse. He says, all things are lawful unto me. Now, let me stop right there. All things are lawful unto me that are actually lawful. Okay? That does not mean I can go out and kill somebody and say, well, all things are lawful to me. That's not what he's saying. Don't get in that ditch. All things that are actually lawful are lawful unto me. But he says, but all things are not expedient. That word expedient means a bringing together. Okay? Bringing something together. All things are lawful unto me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me. Notice this now. But I will not be brought under the power of any. That tells me several things. Just because I can doesn't mean I should. And just because I can doesn't mean that the thing I'm doing cannot get to the point where it is in control of me. I will not be brought under the power of of any. There are things that we might start doing and before you know, you realize that this thing has a grip on you and you can't get out from under it. Right. 
So just because it is lawful, number one, does not mean it will bring us together. And just because it is lawful does not mean that it can't get out of hand. Right. Now, 1 Corinthians, the 10th chapter, he says the same thing. He says in verse 23, all things are lawful for me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but all things edify not. So what has he said here? He said the same thing, but he added, he changed the end of it just a little bit. One of them, he says, all things are lawful, but not, but not necessarily expedient, and I will not be brought under the power, meaning it can get out of hand. He says, all things are lawful to me, all things are not expedient, and he says, um, all things edify not, right? So there are things that I can do lawfully, and I'm talking about not only man's law, I'm talking about God's law. There are things that I can do that can get out of hand, there are lawful things that I can do that will not edify you. They will not lift you up. They will not put your mind in a good place. Paul said, if the pork chop's sitting on my plate and I see a brother who I know this is not going to edify, I'm pushing it away. Because it's lawful for me. It does not bring us together and it does not edify him. If I sit down and eat this, it will actually push us apart, right? Because now he's going to, and, and you know what that, he, he describes this other brother as? He describes the other brother as the weaker conscience, right? Right. Now, the other brother, maybe for some reason he lacks understanding. But if it bothers that brother and that brother is going to look at Paul in such a way that this brother is going to leave with a troubled spirit, Paul said, it, pork chop ain't worth it. Right now, he says in Romans, the 14th chapter, I know I'm flipping back and forth between these. Why does Paul say that? What is Paul's ultimate goal? Paul's ultimate goal is found in Romans 14, 19. He says, let us therefore follow after the things which make for peace and things wherewith one may edify another. That's Paul's ultimate goal. I'm hungry. The pork chop looks good. There's nothing wrong with me eating it. But it does not make for peace in this current situation. And it does not edify my brother in this current situation. And so Paul says, I don't want anything to do with it. Right? He says, let's see. He says in 1 Corinthians, the 8th chapter, he says, wherefore, if meat make my brother to offend, I will eat no flesh while the world standeth. Right. I've eaten my last pork chop. Lest I make my brother to offend. You see, Paul is doing this in the name of peace. Right. Paul has got liberty to do this. Understand me. He has got liberty to do this, but he lays his liberty aside with self-sacrificial love in the name of a brother who just won't understand what he's doing. I hope that makes sense. Yes. Now, that principle is timeless and is something the church of God needs today, right? Now, we do not deal with food sacrifice to idols. 
But let me give you some modern topics that a great majority of God's people are going to say are debatable. And listen, I love you. I love you. But here are some difficult topics, right? Let's talk about one. What about tattoos? Okay. I mean, I, you know, nowadays tattoos are the majority. I understand that. Most people get them. I do not have any. If you want to sit down and talk about why I don't have tattoos, I'd love to sit down and talk to you. But I'm telling you from a biblical standpoint, I want to give you some thoughts on that. Okay? I don't want to stand up here and give you my opinions on it because odds are 80% of you got them, right? But I also am not here to please men. I'm here to please God. Now, let's change Paul's situation to tattoos. Okay? There are people, understand. Let me ask you this. If I walked in this morning and I had gone out over the weekend and tattooed my entire face. Now, I'm not being funny now. Would that affect you this morning? Absolutely. Absolutely. So I push the pork chop aside for your sakes. Are you with me? Yeah. Is it lawful for me to do that? There are going to be some that say no. There are going to be some that say yes. I'm saying in the modern day, that is a debatable topic. But it would affect you if I came in looking like that. Do you think if you came in like that, would it affect the other church members? Yes, it would. Now, most of you probably have tattoos. I love you. I'm not telling you to go out to scrape them off. I'm telling you if you're thinking about going to get one, I want you to think about what I'm saying. There are people, and maybe they're the weaker conscience. There are God's people that are not going to understand it. Okay? Think about that. Are you willing to lay aside what you want, even if it's maybe okay in the sight of God, for the sake of a brother who's going to struggle with that idea that you've got one? I want you to think about that. What about alcohol and smoking? If this was not water, if I would have walked up here with my face completely tattooed, and instead of that, it was a glass full of whiskey, would it bother you if I was up here with that? Yeah, it would. Don't lie. It would bother you. You'd be like, you would not hear a word I said and you couldn't wait to get out of here so you could get in your car and talk about it. <laughs> it would bother you, right? It would trouble your spirit and your conscience. That's why there's water in this glass. Right? What about piercings? I'm not talking about got you a couple in your ears. No, I'm not talking about all that. I've seen folks with, uh, you can ask Sister Rhonda, we've got some folks coming to the dental office and we can't get to their mouth because there's so many piercings. <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't see your tooth. You've got four tongue rings and nine little bars coming out of your mouth. I, I can't help you. If I came in here and I had that all over my face, would it affect you? 
Yes. Don't kid yourself. If I came up here and I told you that I had spent all last week, all last week binge watching movies that were rated for mature audiences only, would that bother you? Yes, it would bother you. There are some things that may be lawful for us, but not expedient. There are things that may be lawful for us, but do are not conducive to bringing us together. Right? There are things that we can do that will ultimately end us, put us in bondage. Let me give you a funny example. This is funny to me. Sad, but very funny. We were eating somewhere a couple weeks ago, and our waitress walked up, and she had a tattoo of a snake from her wrist all the way up her arm. And not, not a very good snake, by the way. And, well, you know Jack. Jack is a snake man. He loves snakes. Well, he, he wants to ask her about it. Hey, snake on your arm, right? And she said, I don't remember exactly what she said. She was probably 20. But she said to me, or said to our table there we were eating, she said, uh, this is one of the things in my life that I regret more than anything. And she looked at our kids and she said, don't ever get a tattoo. Now, why do I say that? Because that thing had a power over her. Can't get rid of it. It's right there. And every day she says, I look at that thing and I'm full of regret. She's in bondage to that. She is, right? Now, let me close with this. Again, I love you. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I understand when it comes to tattoos, I'm probably in the minority. When it comes to alcohol, I'm probably in the minority. I'll, I'm trying to tell you is here are issues that the church of God today, most people will tell you are debatable. But... Let us follow after the things which make for peace and things wherewith one may edify another. If there is something that is lawful for me, but you're going to see me do it here or somewhere else and your spirit is going to be troubled, then I push that pork chop away and I step aside from it. Even though I can, I won't. For the sake of love, right? Now, if you have tattoos, I'm not looking down my nose at you. If you go out of here and you partake of alcohol, I am not looking down my nose at you. But we need to be aware that things like that will trouble the spirits of your brothers and sisters. They will. I just, I just got almost the whole church to openly admit if I did those things and you saw me today, it would bother you. Well, I may not do those, but what if you came in and you did and would it bother somebody else? If it does, for the sake of peace, just stay away from it. And listen, I got a whole long list of things. I'll leave you with this one that you're going to think is kind of silly, but it's not silly to some. Do you know that there are certain primitive Baptist churches that we go visit that I know there are some people there that do not believe women should wear pants? And so you know what? When we go to those churches, 
My wife and my ladies don't wear pants. I don't have a problem with them wearing pants. I don't think it's biblical that, that, they have, that they can't wear pants. But for the sake of peace, when we go there, we dress in a way that's going to be conducive to peace. For love's sake, right? I hope you understand where I'm coming from. As you journey through this life, just because it's lawful does not mean it's expedient. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. And if you run it through the filter of your mind as how is this going to impact all of those around me or one of those around me. Remember when Paul came up, the example he gave, it was just one man that came to him. Just don't do it. Just don't do it for love's sake. I hope that's been profitable.